Okay, so just to inform the listeners that uh, there's basically an article that was written of a leaked. Let's find out. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever time you're listening to this at. Welcome to this week's episode of the Two Point Culture Podcast. It's your boy Chase, live from the stew. Got Norman on my side here. Here with Zach. Zach was hey. goody. Hey, yo, fifth time's the charm, right, buddy? Fifth time is the charm. Let's go here. Having some uh, recording issues the past uh, couple of minutes here. I think we've tried to restart this podcast, what, five, six times now? At least. They probably don't want to hear us talk about either about Zach Wilson or how the AFC South. <laughs> Speaking of Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So Zach Wilson um, and his girlfriend are now exes. And she is dating his former best friend. And she cites the reason why they broke up is because he's hooking up with his mom's best friend. So, Chase, I say to you, catch your fade on hooking up with mom's best friend. This will never not be funny. <laughs> this will. Hold up. I got the answer right here. Hold up. I got the answer. <laughs> no, uh, no, this is a sticky situation. Um, I'm going to go with Seriously, fade. Eh, I'm going to go with fade. <laughs> I'm gonna go with fade. This whole thing is messy. I don't. I don't like this. There's too many things happening in, in close proximity. <laughs> uh, Zach, what do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna do what his Jets receivers don't do, and that's run a fade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold up, I got you there. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, no, we can't do that, man. Like. It just, I mean, legend, don't get me wrong, but. Oh, that's like goat but, status. <laughs> something went wrong. All right. Let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about impulse tattoos today. Oh yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go relive this story. This is great. Chase, give us some backstory on this because even though it's not sports related, I could kind of spin this. So let, let, let's go. Come on. Give me some backstory here. Uh, I mean, so for those of you who don't know, um, me and my significant other got back together and started to work out our issues. So uh, we'll, we'll do a little, yeah, a little clap for that. Why not? Sure. A little light clap. Um, Congratulations, big kid. Thank way. you, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Because that was a stressful four months. But <laughs> but uh, no, so we went downtown about two weeks ago to uh, enjoy the sights and sounds of the Jazz Fest. And, you know, we were feeling a little wavy there. Mm -hmm. uh, the rum and cokes were going down real nice. And she looked at me and she'd said, let's get a tattoo together. Okay. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like 95% down. I was like, what do you want to get? Then she said the initial idea, which was, um, it's like two lines that make a heart lions that make a mm -hmm. heart when they're looking at each other. Okay. Yeah. So if you're holding hands, they're like completing it. Right. Yeah. Um, I said, sure. And then I was like, no, cause the section of the arm where that tattoo is going to go is too big. And I was like, I would like to keep my tattoos concealed for when, <laughs> when I do do this. Right because my tattoos are for me 
Yeah. So I talked her into the king, like K, a crown, and a spade. And she would get the opposite. Like, so yep. she was going to get the queen, the crown, and the spade. I wanted to get it right here. I said, as we were waiting, I was like, you know what? An impulse tattoo on 20 minutes where we find an idea online. Not really sold on it. Let's 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 step back and reevaluate the plan a little bit here. So that's that's the story of what happened. All right. Fair enough. Uh I'm with you on this one. I would have probably been like, nope. Uh I'm not a huge couple tattoo fan, to be honest. But fun. Uh hey, sure. No, but that's exactly it. And uh, I'm not going to hate on anybody who gets theirs either. And and to be honest, the way that you guys were explaining well, the way that you were explaining it and stuff, I think that would have actually been pretty cool both ways. I do like the king, the king and yeah. the, uh, the queen. The, that one, that's pretty, uh, I'm, that's pretty nifty. I like I'm, I'm going to keep that on like the lower part of the wrist. So that way, unless I yeah. raise my hand, you don't see it. And if it's tucked away, it's tucked away. So I do like that. Yeah. Plus, I also like subtle, like something yeah. a, little, a little subtle. But I'm also like you too that, I mean, I don't think you need to be so flashy and show it off completely. Like it can be yeah. something super simple, but to you, it's a lot more meaningful. Exactly. All right. So I had a question for you since we're talking about matching tattoos. Okay. Matching tattoos. Would you catch your fade here? Would you allow yourself to get your girlfriend's favorite team? If she put your like uh your favorite team tattooed onto her so for example in your in your situation she would get the eagles logo and you would get the patriots logo i would <laughs> i would i would let her go first <laughs> and she would get the eagles logo and then i would not get the patriots logo on <laughs> i would fade that so hard <laughs> i'm getting like death eyes right now this is insane <laughs> I'm really glad you're here to witness this, Zach, because at least I'm safe through Zoom. <laughs> Zoom can easily be shut off. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Your second and final breakup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that would be the end of my relationship if I if I let her get an eagle and I didn't get a Patriots logo. I would. I couldn't. I couldn't get a Patriots logo on me. No, that, that, I'm sorry. I couldn't do it either. Imagine, like, for me, it'd be like getting a Clipper logo. Like, no chance in hell. No, exactly. No chance in hell. Lakers oh. tattoo? Can't. And unless no. it's not respectfully with all due respect to Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now my actual question, though. Yeah. Would you get a... Which player would you get tattooed onto you? Ooh. Athlete. I, I'd be cool with, um, yo, 22 is my number. So Sante Samuel can definitely, yeah. Brian Dawkins is good too at 20. I think if I'm going from a basketball perspective, uh, KG5. KG5 would be sick. Yeah. 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 Then again, though, I feel like I'm copying ice because – Ice has a five tattoo on his cap, and he'd be like, oh, you just want to be like me, eh? I'd love to get Shaq's every single jersey that he's worn. That'd be pretty, pretty cool. cool. That's a color scheme and a half, though. Yeah, but it would be, I think that would be pretty sick, too. Or even just, like, the jerseys in general, just 
each jersey Z- as a I, separate I, one. Zach, it would look like a pride flag on you, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when we hit that Phoenix Suns. Yeah, yeah, I'll lie you. Oh, well, that would be pretty sick. But what about for a mural, if you were to get a mural done? Oh, like a Mount Rushmore? <laughs> no, like just like a more, I guess a more, um, like an intent, like, how can I say this? A more detailed approach like okay yeah so let's say let's actually say like a, a close to like um a, i guess like close to a 3d like it would look like an actual person oh shit okay is there a moment would you get the ai over over the, the, step, the step the step over you could do i could i'd love to get the kobe that would on be top that. of so top i see of i want table. that that kg yeah. anything is possible with the cap low and looking up Mm. Uh, where would you get that back of my tricep back of the tricep yeah or or calf actually too. Uh, yeah i, I yeah. think calf would probably be the best yeah for 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 celebrity logos or designs like that they're um what's the word i'm looking for? like a mural piece as you described it mm. yeah it's probably the leg to fill out for sure Interesting question. Interesting question. Listeners, we'd like to hear from you guys. Where, yeah. where would you guys get? Where, what? No, first of all, which athlete would you get? And then where on your body would you get that athlete or tattooed onto? Or oh. for, for someone, if you had to take a bet, what's the one moment in sports that you wouldn't get tattooed on you? Oh, as a bet. Uh, so for me, it would be like Mac. Uh, it'd probably be like Mike Vanderjack's wide left. Oh shit! <laughs> like I don't want. To, I don't even want to remember that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a pretty. That's a pretty. Big one. That is a pretty big one. Because yeah, I'm pretty convinced that we were going to the Super Bowl that year. So. Oh, that hurts. I, I, I can. I can listen. I can sum that up by. <laughs> it wouldn't even be a mural. It wouldn't be a moment. It'd be a phrase dream team no <laughs> couldn't do it couldn't do it that or chip kelly's face couldn't do it <laughs> could you get prince if I can... oh wow with the dream uh, no no Pr- you, you... <laughs> no <laughs> no no with, with dream team in the back of his jersey <laughs> no i couldn't no i couldn't do that <laughs> oh, all righty uh, brother i think another one might be Russell Westbrook as a Laker, but we'll oh, just yeah. uh, we'll table that. <laughs> Kyrie is a Celt. Oh, the pain, eh, buddy? Yeah, that one. That one hurts a lot. It's all good. I'm look, the way it's looking right now. I'm about to experience that too. So, well, rumor rumor actually has it the Nets look like they're preparing to keep both of them because the asking price was way too steep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to be like, "Hey, I want picks," or all-stars and now they want both and they want at least four picks and two all-stars it looks like or two budding future stars exactly that's that's the key here they want all-stars that are 25 or under which i mean i think we can between both of us we could maybe count on two hands how many 25 and under all-stars there are in the league right now like there's not many yeah exactly like actual all-stars no there's probably like four (laughs) And then let's and then okay, let's, let's take it a step further. And then to find a team willing to trade one, yeah, no chance, no chance. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, so let's talk NBA. Might as well. We've already started with this. We're so here. We're here. We're here. Let's get into it right now. Um, speaking of which, DeAndre Ayton, he threw a wrench in the whole Durant to the Suns. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, to be fair, they were asking for uh, Devin Booker in exchange, but hey. Yeah, but I feel like that's basically how negotiations start, right? You, you're going to ask for the moon and then sort of work your way backwards. Uh, I think in a perfect world, they probably wanted to offload eight into, into another team, Brooklyn, and kind of make this a three-way deal. Mm. But lo and behold, Aiton gets uh, an offer sheet thrown at him from the Pacers. And it's not just any offer sheet. It's a massive one. Four years, 133. Yeah. Which is a max contract offer that they can give him. Which is funny because, you know, going into this offseason, it, it felt like the Suns didn't want to pay eight. Right? Yeah. Like that was the whole that was the whole point of moving off from him was he just doesn't fit the system that Monty Williams was was trying to run. Yeah. But then <laughs> but then after the Pacers throw this out here, which by the way, that had no trade kicker. Yeah. That had no, there, there was uh, no, no movement clause in there. There was no bonuses or any, it was just basically just a straight contract. Yeah. I mean, within three hours, the Suns matched that deal. What's your thoughts on this situation here? Do you think, you know, are you, if from Aiton's point of view, do you think he's upset? Do you think, you know, he feels a little bit slighted. I, I think he was kind of looking forward to playing with Halle Burton. It seemed like he was pretty excited about the opportunity to run pick and rolls with him. What, what are your thoughts right now? And or just about the whole situation in general, even from the Suns' point of view and maybe even from the Pacers' point of view. So if this is the max offer they can give him, I was confused first from the Suns of like, why you wouldn't just offer him because one, there's not many better options for you. No in this position now, especially at this point in free agency. And Bismack Biombo would become your number one center. Yeah. And we've already seen, no, 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 no. Good old finger wave there. But I, I think DeAndre thought he might be able to pull more and incentives and things like that. But we've clearly seen that there's, there's a ceiling there right now and he hasn't passed that ceiling. Mm -hmm. I also think that, the fact Phoenix offered matched it like within hours, mm -hmm. it shows that the Suns do want him. Yeah. And it shows that they, they'll take what they have to do to keep that central unit intact. I don't know if they use that as leverage after to try to push for Kevin, but I I personally feel like the the Kevin situation I think that's over. Um, and the only way that they can work this out now is through a three way deal because with Aiden Paul and Booker, yeah, they have now actually entered the luxury tax since the first time since I think two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten. I think it's been like so Tamari and Ash and Marion. Yeah, like it's been a while. It's almost I think to be honest, I could be even wrong. It could, could even be fifteen years. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is a tricky situation. It really is, especially for the Suns, because there's definitely some – there's definitely a little bit of a friction, we'll say, 
between the two of them right now. Absolutely. I mean, let's not forget, right? Monty Williams and him both kind of had it out during the playoffs too, right? People were saying what's going on with Aiden. It didn't seem like he was gelling into the system that they were trying to establish over there. And now you're bringing him back into the fold. He clearly, I mean, I wouldn't say wanted out, but he was clearly open to the idea of leaving, right? Right. I also think that if we look at Phoenix as a whole through this free agency, I, like they didn't add anything really. So you're going to no. let, you're going to let your one, like one of your bright pieces, unfortunately, uh, like, and I don't mean to, I don't want to overhype him, but I don't want to shit on him by saying mm-hmm. that, but you're going to let one of those pieces that is necess- necessary to you now, like out the door, like you can't, you didn't mm-hmm. add anybody important. You didn't, get depth you didn't add security at the guard you no so you can't even let him leave you have to offer you have to match whatever's offered at this point basically if you're the Suns. and it seems like they didn't really want to work out a sign and trade with the pacers because apparently the pacers were pushing multiple times like hey let's let's work out a sign and trade let's work out a sign and trade before we offer sheet them there there was attempts on the pacer size problem was i don't think the Suns wanted miles turner because they would have been in the exact same position as they're in right now with Aiden. Correct. I also think if Miles Turner, if that signing happened to the Pacers before the matching offer, I think Miles Turner would have been a Raptor. I think Miles Turner as a Raptor is still a huge possibility right yeah. now. Yeah. From the Pacers standpoint, though, I mean, kind of sucks. It, it looked like. You look like you probably could have had two really good young fundamental like building blocks with Halliburton and Aiden. Now you yeah. kind of have to explore a different route. I, I know the one thing I could say that's pretty good that worked out was, I mean, you guys taking Brogdon cleared off a lot of money for them. So, you know, going forward, maybe into next year, into the year after, they can kind of work out a sign and trade with another team for another superstar to for share sure. with Halliburton. For sure. But I think it's just back to the drawing board for them and kind of stay the course. So I, I, I could see it. I think it's a bit of a letdown internally in that organization, but at the same time too, like business, you know, life goes on. Type of thing. It's, it's business yeah. as usual over there at this point, man, nothing, nothing's changing for the Pacers. Unfortunately, they haven't gotten, no, something has to change that system entirely. Cause I feel like they start off hot, then they underperform. They bank on names that have 15 minutes of fame. They're kind of like the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, in an unsexy market, so yeah. nobody wants to talk about them in a sense. Exactly. But I, I did say one thing about the Pacers last year. They dealt with a lot of injuries. They lost a lot of ga- guys to yeah. uh, to the to injuries last year and a lot of uh, man games missed for a lot of the important starters. So this year, I'm, I'm expecting a little bit of a different turnaround. That being said, though, I'm expecting them to be in the lottery. And when you're in the lottery, especially this year, when you have two guys that are probably, uh, from what I mean, I'm hearing, they're head and shoulders above the rest of the draft class. Um, They look like two guys who can definitely make an impact in the NBA. Uh, Yeah, that's a good position to be in if you're the Pacers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only, you're really, your biggest threat right now would probably be be the OKC Thunder with, that many draft picks so that increases their chance depending on how they do but you're absolutely and the rockets and And the rockets Rockets too i mean the the rockets 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 might have two lottery picks when it's all said and done if kd and uh kyrie both move off from brooklyn it's true one thing i will say though that 
just to go back to Aiton for a second, I, I do kind of feel for him. I mean, the guy was the first overall pick. He really hasn't been an issue. I, he's not a guy who you're hearing in the media, you know, bashing teammates or anything like he's right. been a good soldier. Uh, he's, as far as I'm concerned, I think he's somewhat lived up to his number one overall pick potential. I mean, it's tough, but the league has gotten away from the traditional big man. And that's unfortunately what he is, but I think he excels and he's one of the best at that position. Right. Yeah. I, I can concur with that. I just, he's not, he's not your Jokic. He's not your, yeah, yeah. Those guys are just unicorns. Right. At the end of the day. I, I concur with that. I, I, I agree. I feel like, like DeAndre Ayton's game in today's NBA, as you said, I think it's like one of those last of a dying breeds where, because we're at a point where you have to be able to play positionless basketball and play the one through five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really just feel like there's that next step never got hit, which is sucks when you're trying to justify that first overall pick. For sure. But he's also still pretty young, right? True. Like there's time for his game to develop. For sure. And, if he works with a shooting coach, maybe maybe he goes and pays lethal shooter a little bit of a visit. He's 23 years old. Like we we forget. Oh, about that. oh my god, yeah, yo, he's got plenty of time. <laughs> he, hey. He's not even in. Yeah, no, no, no. He hasn't even hit his final form yet in like a physical step. So, no. I mean, the only thing that's bad about that is when you look at his draft class, right? Doncic and Trey Young were both yeah. in that. We're both in that class. Yeah. Kind of kind of puts a little bit of a black mark on the first overall pick going to them. But at the same time too, they, they had Booker. They, they didn't really need a guard. Luca, Luca and Devin together would have been crazy though. Oh, that would have been nice. Even Luke. Well, let's even, let's take a step back here. Booker and Trey would have been a sick duo. Oh yeah. 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 But they, well, listen, we see how, what happens with them in the playoffs though. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. That the Reggie. The old choke. Again, yeah. again, no disrespect to these players. You you guys could both whip, whip my ass 10 times over in a basketball <laughs> court. I'm, I'm well aware, so I'm not in a position to talk shit. But in hindsight, just off your track records, a little a little sus. Definitely. All right. Before we get okay. off, and it, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Before we segue into anything else, I have a question for you. Because, Go for it. you know, Utah is clearly being active in their trade market. We see, well, we saw them trade Rudy Gobert. We see them listening to um, offers for Donovan Mitchell. Which is where I want to go. So here's my question. How terrible of a defensive backcourt will the New York Knicks have if they pair Brunson with Donovan Donovan Mitchell? I almost said McNabb, my bad. They better have a strong front court who can play defense because it's going to be brutal over there. Well, well, this is the point too, because if they trade for Mitchell, there's no way that they keep Julius Randle. Uh, so funny we say this. Okay. I'm going to throw out some, some trade proposals. And, and you, I want you to play Utah. In okay. this. I want you to play Danny. Okay. Now, these are strictly taken from Bobby Marks on ESPN. Okay. So how about this one? Hypothetical here. Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks for Evan Fournier, Quinton Grimes, Cam Reddish, and seven first-round picks. Jesus Christ. Let's say out of those seven first-round picks, you can maybe 
two or three is like are like swap picks. Okay. So it's a good offer. Does the money make sense though? So I know Evan. That money takes- makes sense. The money okay. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good offer. And I would have to consider it, especially because now you're getting the forward depth and they have a lot of actually, yeah, they have a lot of guards that they can move around too. So Fournier and um Cam Quint- Reddish. Cam Reddish makes sense. And Quentin Grimes. Quint and Grimes, that's the third one I was trying to remember. I would ask for quickly. Quick see, I can't give up quickly. But you're getting Donovan. That's the thing. I know, but I can't give up quickly. I can't. But you just signed Brett. Let's see. This is it. We just signed Brunson, right? But I know we signed Brunson. We can move Reddish. So if I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, So the the core would have to stay around Barrett and Donovan at that point. If you were the Knicks, would you consider maybe lessening that package if it included RJ? Uh, if I'm the Knicks and I'm giving up RJ Barrett, I'm obviously shooting, it'd be a less. Than, I, I'm sh- yeah, I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot because RJ and you're still getting RJ for cheap because he hasn't even signed his extension yet. Correct. That I think, I think that's why I brought up Julius. I think that's why Julius gets moved is so you can actually extend RJ. I'd, yeah, I just don't think that. Utah wants Julius back, right? I think if they're going to do this properly, they're going to. Un- I mean, you've you've been through this, right? With Danny. yeah, of course. The, like he's not looking for he's not looking for Marquis superstars or stars, I should say. I won't, I won't put Julius Randall into a superstar status, but uh, household names that are good depth, correct? Can provide, can provide a role role that they but, are suited into. Like he is funny because he is like a. I would consider him like a fourth team All Star. <laughs> can be an all-star like, he's not in the top three but he could make it if he has a hell of a season like he did two years ago yeah um but he's i don't know he's just a frustrating player i i agree with that and i think that happened in la that There's no consistency happened. that happened in new orleans yeah he shone that one season he, he, he he's having a carmelo anthony career just not at that ceiling just not as dynamic yeah. right yeah exactly yeah yeah. Um, okay. So let's continue this game because I've got a couple more for you. All right. This one's called uh, Bienvenido a Miami. Okay. So you're giving up. Actually, no, I'm giving you. Let's let's. I'll take the role as as Utah here. So I'm giving you as your Miami. I'm giving you Donovan Mitchell and uh, Udo, uh, Udoka. Udoka. Yeah. You're giving me Tyler Hero, Jovic, Robinson, Gabe Vincent, and three first-round picks. That's a trade I could probably see happening. And pairing Donovan with Jimmy and keeping it out of bio and still having Kyle Lowry. That's what I was going to say. You still keep Kyle and, and Bam, which is huge. I think the uh, the actual issue, though, actually, that's why you get a Doka that helps replace Vincent. So you still have position at your forwards. Yeah, I could see that trade going through. I could see that trade happening. Yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, I still might be kind of tight about it, but how am I going to be angry at the fact that I get Donovan Mitchell and Kyle Lowry off of rotation? 
I know, but I mean, at the same time, too, I think the whole league is very polarizing when it comes to Tyler Hero. It's either you think, I think so too. It's either people think he's going to be a superstar or people see him nothing more than just a six man, like off the bench type of player. For sure. It's kind of funny. Like, I, when was the last time you've seen a player this polarizing in the league? It's been a while. J.R. Smith. Good call. <laughs> Good call. And and that's a lot of the offseason antics included. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody else, but J.R. Smith, Lou, Lou, Lou could be up there. But Lou was like Jordan not Clarkson, like not like that. Jordan Clarkson was another one. I think. I. I, I'm trying to think of anybody Jamal though. Jamal Crawford. So this is funny. So we're we're naming guys right now, like right. Yeah. We're we're, and, we're naming guys. All, all all former six man winners that we're naming, by the way. Correct. So technically, that's a six man, right? Like yeah. that's that's how we view it. If I was gonna put him into like somebody who may have been like well, Iggy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, that's one guy who worked out. <laughs> There's not many, man. Like, I know. You know who I feel for the worst out of this category is Jamal Crawford. Oh, for sure. The the most, the most, the most. Yeah. Well, definitely. I mean, that guy's, that guy's career never really had a, he wasn't, he was never that bad. Right. Like it was just like, just unlucky. It was just unlucky breaks. His, his, the last game he played, he dropped at his age, dropped 51. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Easy day at the office for, yeah, exactly. for Crawford. Nice, nice light work in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so you would take this one. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I would too. But if if I'm Utah here, like, I guess you're asking for BAM, right? If you're going to try to. You have to. You have to at least ask for BAM. But that's where the deal may fall through. Okay, next one. Okay. You're Toronto. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm giving you Donovan and you're giving me Gary Trent Jr., Malachi Flynn, Kemp Birch, and three first round picks. Make it two. <laughs> uh, you see, even with the three first round picks, I take that deal. Make it two. Two Make first it round. two? Two? Because... There's gonna be there is gonna be a Kemp Birch trade at some point, I believe. Yeah. Uh, not to really knock on Kem Birch. I think the fact that I look, I don't see Toronto making a big play or a big splash without giving up Gary Trent, but they're gonna keep Fred Van Vliet. So that's one. I know, and you're pairing Fan Fleet with Mitchell, right? Yeah, exactly. But that, that's another short ass backcourt, front court, backcourt, backcourt. Yeah. My only issue is, like, I'm sorry, it's not an issue. It's actually a, a positive. Like, I actually think that Donovan Mitchell's defensive woes could be actually um, shadowed by the sh- like hidden. Yeah, yeah, in a sense, right? Like, they and they can work have, around I, it. And then you have Donovan with Siakam and Scotty, like, whoo, and Precious. And Precious, you, you never gave up Precious in this deal. Hmm. Okay. Needless to say, I mean, what do you put your percentage of Donovan Mitchell getting traded at? Because I'm right now, I'm at like 80% right now. I'm I don't. A, I'm behind you at like 75. Okay. So you're, you're not in the full climb. Okay. I, can, I can see it happening, but I can also see it 
not transpiring. And nothing Danny Ainge will do will surprise me, honestly. So we're 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 just sitting ducks at this point. And if you had to put your money right now, where would you put it? Which team? For Donovan? I think it's the Knicks. I, personally. Think, it's the, I think it's the Knicks. I think the Knicks have the most to give. And I think Donovan of, wants to play in New York too. Yeah, I think so too. Um, plus, I mean, he would fit their mold of a superstar, right? Like they've been clamoring for a superstar. But okay, funny way to say this. Would what happens you, every time they get their superstar? <laughs> not only that, like, do you feel like this is just a repeat of the Carmelo? Yes, I think I <laughs> actually I think they're I think the New York Knicks are stuck in purgatory or limbo. And they just keep repeating the same mistakes. Oh, they're Charlie Brown with the football. <laughs> <laughs> she just keeps pulling the day. Eh? Exactly. And Lucy <laughs> just keeps moving that out the way. <laughs> Lucy. Always Lucy. <laughs> Always Lucy, man. Um, but yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I do. Th- I think it's the Knicks. I really do. I can't see. I can't see Toronto getting involved. I, I think Toronto is. Gonna play the long game with KD. Yeah, I don't see them engaging in Mitchell unless unless they know that they can get him for a reasonable price, and they don't have to completely destroy their depth. I don't know. So Toronto will make a fair trade. We've seen this happen in the past with the Kawhi Leonard trade, and they'll wait right till August if they can get this done. They'll pay any cost. I, I'm a firm believer in Masai Ujiri and being aggressive and doing what he has to do to land Kevin Durant. I, you're, I, I, so in other words, I just completely agree with the fact that of what you're thinking of the Raptors playing the long game for Kevin Durant. Like right now, if I'm going to play the odds, right? Like if, if I have to... If I have to see like what sorry, if I have to play my odds for a Kevin Durant trade right now, I would say I'd probably put the Heat and the Raptors tied for first on like who gets them. I'd put the Warriors in third and then fourth a return back to Brooklyn. That's the way I'm looking at it right I now. I have the Warriors ahead of the Heat. Okay. Actually, the four I think the fourth would be the Heat for me. I think the return to Brooklyn's the third. Because really? just because of the fact that it's their asking price. So they're going to want Bam and they're going to want Jimmy if they're going to try to make this trade happen. Yeah, they're not going to get Jimmy. We, yeah, I know, because we know Brooklyn right now is being a bunch, being really, really, really greedy when it comes to the fact that if we're trading Kevin Durant, and how do you put a measuring value on Kevin Durant? You can't. That's the problem. So I, no matter what happens, I think he's going for a lot less than people expect. Oh, that that would be the play. I and it's going to be a lot less than the Brooklyn Nets expect expect to return either. For so. sure. For sure. But this is one of those things where you're going to trade a unicorn for grass. Yeah, and you got to hope that that grass grows into something nice, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, okay, a couple of little notes also here. Um, there has been talk of a potential Kyle Lowry for Kyrie Irving type of deal. Thoughts on that? It'll never happen. I don't think so either. It'll never happen. It'll never I, to, happen. To be honest, that's one situation I just don't want to see Kyle go to. Like, 
ah man i feel so bad for him if that was I, I see i see jimmy and Kyrie fighting absolutely like we because jimmy will get into people's like he got into spolster's face his head coach when imagine now Ky- some now guy who's, Kyrie, who, who is not the best defensive point guard but imagine if Kyrie decides to sit out a game and he's he's sitting he's sitting in the crowd or, so, or you know or whatever on the bench and they're losing jimmy's gonna lose it on him yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> right there in front of everybody. This is not a when when you're training for Kyrie Irving, and especially if you're talking about well, if Miami's training for everybody, anybody, you have to be careful because Jimmy, as we've seen, will is clearly not shy about holding his tongue. Yeah. Head coach, players, teammates. Again, this is the person who told his teammates, Andrew Wiggins and Cat Williams, you guys are soft and have no heart. <laughs> And then got traded again. <laughs> yeah. Then whatever happened in Philadelphia happened in Philadelphia. Well, they just chose to buy it. So real. that's actually what happened. And yeah, but see, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that's the right move. <laughs> that wasn't the right move. And that's why we're here. And Jimmy Butler has this reputation behind him. But if anything else, Jimmy Butler's shown that he just wants to win. So, so that's what you get is the true ultimate competitor when you're talking about a player like this. And if you're going to pair, and again, this is all, with all due respect to Kyrie Irving, who's very, very broad in his thoughts, listens to his body, listens to his mind, and taps into things not just surrounding basketball and the priority of the season. That's not necessarily the ideal partner you want to line up with Jimmy Butler, I think. Definitely. Did you see uh, Jalen Brown? Hanging out with Kyrie and, and Ye? I did not. I missed that. Yeah, the, I don't know what well, they were working on. I think they were working on some type of well, collab or something like that. J- Jalen Brown being there with Ye makes sense. Oh, yeah? Well, Jalen Brown signed to the Donna Sports Group. Mm, okay, I forgot about that. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. So being there with Ye makes sense. Kai is another one. <laughs> He's not going back to Boston. <laughs> I have a hard time seeing him being welcomed back with open arms. No, but what I'm thinking right now is something to watch is when's Jalen Brown's deal up next year. Next year. Next when's, year. Ky- when's Kyrie's deal up next year. See what I'm saying? And Jalen Brown already expressed, or as we've highlighted here, Jalen Brown's already come out and said, Hey, I have no problem testing free agency. Right. And did you maybe get him and Kyrie together? That could be a that could be something right there. It, it uh, could. I'm gonna, but listen. I think it's smoke. That's I. So I, do I. I think the Celtics have. I think the Celtics can actually, as we've already seen. I'm picking the Celtics to win the East again, just off the off season that I've seen. I would have to just. I'd have to double down and take a look at this, but I would probably yeah they have to be one of your favorites for sure. They they are definitely. I would say they're they're finishing no lower. Than three, like still, there's no chance. Still, Robert Williams, yeah, Vice is gone. You brought in Brogdon. You signed Danilo Gallinari. Al Horford, by, White, yeah, Al Horford by all means looks like he's staying. Marcus Smart is still there. Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum, and if I think anybody's going to put in a lot of off-season work this year, that will be the guy. Yeah, I no, I definitely, I could see that. I mean, look, look, 
like I said, no lower than three for sure. Yeah. And they're definitely, they're definitely one of the favorites to get out of the East. Mm-hmm. You could probably put them, I would say a healthy Sixers and then what Milwaukee or yeah. Miami, I should say. So, okay. There's going to be four. Uh, I don't know if, I mean, I, I'll always throw Milwaukee in there. I'm, I'm not too sold on the heat just yet. Milwaukee, Milwaukee's more than earned their price there though. That's why. That's true. All right, let's go to football talk now. We haven't done some football talk in a while. We're going to do a little bit of AFC South preview. Give our little predictions, our early July 16th predictions. Well, I mean, we got a couple of weeks to get these all in order, right? We got two Souths, two Norths, the Easts and the Wests all to knock out. I think we, AFC, I got AFC. I think we should start with the Souths. Yep. And move and, accordingly from there. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. I also went with a decision when I was doing my notes. I think we should start with the least fun teams first. Oh, that's a shot fired at me over here. You're not the least fun team. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't mean by division. I, I mean the teams oh, we okay. talked about first that yeah. I think we should talk with the least fun teams per division first. Okay. Good. Sorry about that, Zach. I'll do respect. I'll good, do respect. good, good. Because I got a lot to say. Yeah, so let's kick it off in the AFC South and let's go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, so Jacksonville last year, 3-14 and 14 record. Their defense ranked 30th. Their offense ranked 27th. Mm-hmm. They fired Urban Meyer after that entire debacle and him kicking coaches and grabbing women's asses that isn't his wife in a bar. Uh, beating up kickers. Beating up kickers. <laughs> threatening to fire coaches in game. Everything, just, just everything, uh, caused a running back debacle by drafting <laughs> James, uh, Travis Etienne and pairing him with James Robinson. I don't know yes. why he would do that, but hey, here we are. Yeah, only for Etienne to get hurt at the start of the season, so never even play a snap. Hired Doug Peterson, uh, upside of that recent Super Bowl and playoff experience, despite getting fired and not working in the league last year. Uh, I think from that aspect, Trevor Lawrence will benefit a lot from structured RPO, especially with the return of Travis Etienne. Okay. Let's start with Lawrence. I think that's the, that's the big outlier here. Right. I mean, I'm expecting Trevor Lawrence to take a little bit of a step forward here. If you watch the game film as the year kind of went on, he, he wasn't, the stats didn't dictate the actual story. He was yeah. making better decisions with the football. He was finding his his receivers. And to be honest, like towards the end of the season, you know, his receivers started to produce at a mm-hmm. better, uh, I would say, a higher level than I say at the beginning of the season. You could tell that um, the confidence was starting to grow in Trevor Lawrence, and I'm expecting that to transfer over into this season. He's got some new receivers. Yeah, they brought in Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and they also brought in Evan Ingram. Right. Which, I mean, looks a lot better. They've, I mean, what they lost was like, what, DJ Chark back there at wide receiver? Essentially. And they, not for nothing, a very underrated player that they still have on their roster is Marvin Jones Jr. Correct. And you still have Laviscus, yeah. who may not live up to the hype that was surrounding him in his draft year, but he's still a, he's still a very good slot receiver. And, you can also 
you can actually like mix him and match him like around the field too, right? Like he he can kind of go and play both the outside and and the inside. Again, just as a friendly reminder, they brought in Christian Kirk, which fucked up the entire wide receiver <laughs> market. Yeah, so that's that's the drawback of this. Um, <laughs> no, so I mean Lawrence has some some weapons at his disposal, and I think he'll put up a little bit better numbers. My only issue that I see when I, I look at this offense though, right now is that that offensive line is still not questionable. Still yeah. Questionable. It's, it's still not what it should be. I mean, they lost Brandon Sheriff who was, he was a, a decent guard for them. Uh-huh. They brought in Andrew Norwell and AJ can like, Oh, sorry. Well, 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 let me rephrase this. Let me backtrack this. Sorry, they lost Andrew Norwell and lost AJ Cam, which were both their two starting guards last Makes year. Sense. They brought in Brandon Sheriff. Correct. And they also lost Brandon Linder, their center. So you're bringing in Tyler Sh- Shatley at center. You've got Brandon Sheriff to pair with uh, Jawan Taylor, Cam Robinson, and Ben Barch. It's not a sexy offensive line. No, absolutely not. You know, I, I would say that even Cam Robinson, who got franchise tagged, he struggled last year. Absolutely. I don't know if he's really worth the franchise tag and to be one of the highest paid left tackles in the game, but you need to protect Trevor Lawrence at all costs. And there was nothing else on the market. Like he yeah, was the was, best at that position. They worked with what they had. Also friendly reminder, Miles Jack was le- uh, traded last year to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, replacement they brought in was Devin Lloyd, which I actually like that pick and that suiting there. I, if you had to ask me, well, Zach, let's just get this one off. Like, what do you see? How do you see the Jags performing? I see them as a four-win team. Okay. Plain and simple. I mean, you can maybe take the over on that if you really want to stretch it, but I think. I think four is is the magic number. You still have to play. Look, the way I look at it, one win against the Colts is definitely going to happen. And then probably one or two wins against the Texans. I would say two wins against the Texans. I don't know. Ah, Well, we'll get to the Texans after, and I'll keep my answer for that one. But So then you're looking at like that one game where maybe it's like the Jets or something. I, like, I don't know all their schedule off the top of my head, but – you know, maybe they squeeze one out against one of the lower teams, right? Or so, or even surprise a team that says, "Remember what they did to Buffalo last year, right?" They fair enough came off a hot streak and ran into a Jags team that basically just disrupted their whole play. Josh Let's Allen, talk- and Josh Allen's still funny though. <laughs> Let's talk on defense, though. I. Uh- as we talked about their defense, I didn't really see too much of their defensive additions outside of, like I said, Devin Lloyd. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Their corner position is still up in the air. They have a lot of holes that they're going to get exposed in for, for, for sure, though. Like, if so, if I look at the defensive position, I mean, they added a couple of more like role players than anything, right? right. It's still a pretty young squad. I don't really like their front their front three that they run with. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, Fatu Kasi is 
who they picked up from the Jets is not a bad nose tackle, but I don't think he's going to be setting the world on fire, fire and like, you know, leading the league in sacks or anything like that. I think it's just solid uh, defensive pressure. But their linebacker core is starting. It's, it's promising. I mean, you have the other Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There. And then you have like Devin, said, Lloyd, Devin Lloyd, Trayvon Walker, who we didn't even talk about. Who That's true. Overall. You're right. That's true. I, still, the jury is out on Trayvon Walker, right? Like, we don't know if he's really a defensive end or a linebacker, or, or is he just an edge rusher? You know, like, this is something that's time will tell. I, I still think that's a bit of a gamble at, for, at the first pick. I also see Mike Caldwell brings in Todd Bowles' system, which will allow the Jaguars to keep the defensive structure in place. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if that means that they thrive, especially under Doug Peterson's leadership on the offense, but... This should be interesting. I think the offense will be somewhat cognitive. I just don't know what game scheme we're getting. Are we getting Doug Peterson with Frank Reich? And again, yeah. Frank Reich is not there. No. Are we getting Doug Peterson for 2017 with Carson Wentz? Or are we getting the four other years? That's it. I do like their secondary a little bit, though. Like I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a huge hater on the Tyson Campbell, Shaq Griffin quarterback duo i just right. don't like you said though earlier like i just don't know if it's they're they're gonna be on defense a lot let's be honest That's right? for sure. like, and eventually after after a while like doesn't matter how great your corners are they're gonna get picked apart and i feel like it's just that situation so i don't know that's kind of where i'm at right now with the jaguars i i do like some of their moves that they made but i'm not overly impressed by the roster i still think that they I still think they're in a transition year. I still think that they're retooling. I wouldn't say rebuilding now. I think they're kind of have the, a couple of the pieces in play, maybe a high pick this year and then off and running after that. Another high pick for them. Shocker. I also, <laughs> I also think that the thing that can hinder them now is the fact that they don't have consistency at the, that offensive mindset. So yeah. we're going to Doug Peterson from urban Meyer, you know, the system usually takes about a full season for it to get into this before you actually see what happens for them to thrive. So yeah, no Jags fans get ready for probably another four and 13 year. So structurally though, you do agree with that. We, we feel they should be better structurally as yes, an organization. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I think they have a sense of leadership. I just don't think this is the year that it comes into play. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to find out a lot of things about Christian Kirk the hard way. <laughs> Yeah, I I still think that will come back to bite them in the ass, but who knows? Going into next offseason, if I'm the Jags, depending on where you're picking, if there's a if there's a superstar receiver that that's had, they like, go out and grab him. Or I shouldn't say superstar. If there's a high first first round pick, pick. receiver, yeah, just go out and get him because I, like you said, is it a terrible receiving core? No, but there's no wow factor and like let's be honest evan ingram he's just never really lived up to the hype that was surrounding him when he was drafted correct if i want to throw one sleeper pick out here for you fantasy football footballers uh dan arnold oh yeah i forgot about that good little tight end in the red zone especially if you're in a deeper league i that's, forgot about that that's a guy i would target because him and Trevor Lawrence seem to have linked up. They, they seem to like linking up together in the red zone. So go, go for that. 
go to the Texans next. Yeah, man, it just let's, it let's just sucks. Get, sucks right, talking about these two teams, man. Let's just get the shit out of the way. Let's just deal with the <laughs> shit of the shit and don't worry, fun times are ahead because we get to the next two teams, which are fun after. All right, let's let's talk Davis Mills. Well, Texans, first of all, last year four and thirteen record, ranked thirty-second in offense and defense. So Lovey Smith hired as the coach. They trade Deshaun Watson, clearly making thinking Davis Mills is capable with the main weapons being Brandon Cooks and mm-hmm. dra- and drafting John Michi to pl- to complement him. Mm-hmm. Also, Jalen Petri and Petri, sorry, and uh, Stingley Jr. drafted this year. Signed mm-hmm. Stephen Nelson to shore up the secondary. I don't know how much Stephen Nelson shores up the secondary after experiencing that last season. Running back room becomes interesting as they. Signed, re-signed Royce Freeman, add Marlon Mack to the running back room. Now, Zach, this was my highlighted point. On offense, they scored 280 offensive points. Okay. On defense, they allowed 452. Okay. Does Lovey Smith fix this? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not expecting them to put up uh, that many points against, but... Ah, it's, man, it's it's going to be tough when you're when you're going to be struggling on offense. That means your defense is going to be playing a lot more, and that means that teams will run up points on you like that. So uh, I'm going to say no on this one. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Let's talk Davis Mills. We saw some bright spots. Saw some bright spots. Had a good passing rating. I believe he was. I think his completion percentage too was also, I think it was like 66% if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. However. So he is capable. Yes. From an accuracy point of view. However, deep ball, not so great. Doesn't have the strongest arm. I feel like teams are just going to play the, the, okay, let's, you know, man to man, bump and run. We'll try to like kind of dare him to take the big deep shot. And I just don't see them having success with that, especially with the receivers that you named. Uh, I see Nico Collins here. Yeah. Ooh. Right. <laughs> you know, Scary. Philip Dorsett's kind of bounced around the league. So I, I don't. His glory days are behind him. Yeah. I, I think personally that, you know, they're in it for um, another tough season, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Offensive line. Remember. When we were doing our, our mock draft of the NFL draft, mm-hmm. the Texans were the only team that I saw when, when asked about position of need, it said everything. Yes. Every single spot needed to be addressed. Yes, they added to the wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. They re-signed Christian Kirksey. That helps the linebackers out. But again, these are all stop and goes, fillers. I feel like they have a bunch of band-aids. Yeah, I mean, the left side of their offensive line looks pretty strong. I mean, when you add Kenyon Green and, and uh, Larry Tensel Fair. To, your, to your line, I think that's that's a decent stepping stone. And Justin Britt's also a good center, so yeah. I'm, I'm, not too, I'm not too worried about that. It's more on the right side. That's, that's where I can kind of see it being an issue. And from a depth point of view, this is shallow. This, yeah, th- you're really scraping for the bottom here. They could go uh, to the pool without the floaties on. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to give a fantasy prediction here on offense, 
somebody you would maybe want to target, probably Brandon Cooks, because you know him and Davis Mills yeah, seem they, to have they seem to have developed some type of chemistry together. You're in a deeper league, maybe take Marlon Mack, but I I question the health. I, as somebody yeah. who had him in Indy, like he can never stay healthy. Rex Burkhead could be a good if you're in a PPR could be a good addition if you're in a PPR league, but game to game I, that depends. The one guy that I'm kind of have my eye on though is I want to see what Damian Pierce does at the running back position. Right. He was a fourth round pick. I remember reading about him and, and a lot of people are saying he may be a steal and especially in the fourth round for a running back that, that might get some playing time right away. So this is definitely a player to keep an eye on for, for the future. Maybe as a little stash right. option, if you're in a dynasty league, not bad, not bad. Defensive side of the ball. Like you, I mean, I think you summed it up. <laughs> There's not much really that you can, you could say, I mean, the Stingley, Stingley, Stingley and Steven Nelson. Yeah, but you know what? Derek Stingley has a lot of hype behind him. Again, there was reasons why people were projecting sauce over him. Mm-hmm. I also think that, well, I mean, he saw regression. He saw a little bit of injury last year in college. I don't know what that necessarily, how he's going to translate to this game, but I think Lovey Smith having experience with good, talented corners, I think. Mm-hmm he could be a bright spot in this defense at least. Yeah. You have, I mean, Desmond King, the second working out of the nickel. Not a, that's also not a bad, you know, corner for, for the nickel position. Right. I'll probably split that with Thomas. Eric Murray, though, is a guy I want to highlight. He's mm-hmm. a uh, pretty stable safety back there. It just, again, though, I just, like you said, I, I don't it, see it, it working it, out. But he's, yeah, he's being coupled with another, a rookie safety mm-hmm. and I would feel more confident in him. If Justin Reed didn't sign to the chiefs. Same, same. And I mean, this is what, I mean, in a sense though, this is why they let Justin Reed walk, right? They, they banked on these young guys back there at the right. safety position to sort of take the next step. I don't know uh, if I have to put, if I have to put a win percentage on this, man, I'm leaning towards like two wins, honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I I'd say two really, to three. I can't really see them thriving too far. I think they finish fourth in this division, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the same boat mm-hmm. as you. I will say, super happy for Lovey Smith, though, to be back coaching. Yes, yes. And also for Pep Hamilton to get a shot at the offensive coordinator position here, too. It's true. Yeah. Tanaki. All right. Tennessee time. 12 and 5 record last year, 16th offensively, 7th 17th defensively. Big losses. Julio Jones, AJ Brown, they add Robert Woods, couple him with the young draft pick of Traylon uh Traylon Burks and Sion Austin Hooper. They draft Malik Willis in the third round. Despite their a playoff appearance fell short to the AFC champions eventually. You know, not not a bad look for Tennessee. No, I mean you also lost Janoris Jenkins. That was yeah, that part. <laughs> that part that doesn't help either, right? Yeah, Tennessee is Tennessee is a tough team to read right now. Uh, I 
I don't know what to make of this, the Tannehill situation. He has games where he looks like he, you could arguably say that he's a top 12 to 15 quarterback in the league. And then there's games where you think he's probably a bottom, you know, five quarterback in the league. It's very hit or miss. I think he has enough pieces to still contend for the division. I, I don't know. I, I'm the reason why I'm going to say this is because you still have Derrick Henry back there breaking records and running like a madman, but he's also coming off an injury. So that's tough. Well, so you have Derrick Henry coming off the injury. You have Robert Woods coming off an injury. Yeah. So a brand new wide receiving core with a brand new head. Right. You, which everybody's going to have to take the chance to learn the offensive playbook going into the season. That's no secret. Mm-hmm. You sign Malik Willis, which I mean, or I mean, draft Malik yeah. Willis, pardon me, yeah. which as we saw, didn't seem to be too warmly received by Ryan Tannehill, or no, at least that's how it came off. And when he was saying, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, catch your fade, Malik Willis plays. <laughs> Uh, two games or more for the Titans this year. Uh, catch. Yeah, catch this. I'm going to catch with this. I think now I, I'm saying this off the aspect because this is football and we've seen Ryan Tannehill have to exit games before. And I think there's a possibility with some of the things that they've endured this offseason that there may be a time for Malik Willis to step in. I'm going to say fade, but I could definitely see your point of view on that. The reason why I'm going to go fade is because I think unless – Something drastic will have to happen to Ryan Tannehill because I highly doubt he's going to be trying to get out of that game. Like he'll he'll try his best to stay in games, yeah. which to be honest isn't always a good thing for an offense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, offensive line, though, I mean, it's it's still a decent offensive line, and it, it's still um, it's still going to cause problems for defenses. I mean. Taylor Luan's just got to stay healthy, though. That's, that's first and big, foremost. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, Jamarco Jones, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, and uh, Dylan Ratoons. That's a good. It's a good offensive line. It's just like I said. It's, it's going to be the injuries. That's that's what I'm a bit worried about because they're very thin when it comes to the uh, depth side of the mm-hmm. offensive line. So, when we look at Tennessee. Look at how their offensive game plan panned out last year. I, I, I don't know if I have the same confidence in this. Once again, you have two new receivers that are coming in that are being in, implemented into a system. While, as you pointed out, Robert Woods is coming off the ACL. Mm-hmm. We don't know what he's going to look like. We know ACLs, yes, they're easier today to deal with than anything else. But mm-hmm. it's, it's time, consistency. Like These are also reps in time that, Ryan Tannehill's not getting with Robert Woods. True. And that's why if I have to take one breakout player or one sleeper, um, I'd say it's Austin Hooper from the Titans' point of view. I think it'd be, tra- I think it'd be Traylon Burks. Okay, elaborate. So A.J. Brown's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took you with the 18th overall pick after that trade. Right. We're counting on you to be an immediate impact. And if Robert Woods' veteran presence is, is presence is not there, we're going to lean on you a lot. Still have Nick Westbrook, though, who was a 
pretty pretty decent, valuable receiver. Decent, decent, but as a wide wide receiver one. True, but I'm just saying it's a guy who has who has a little bit of a rapport with Tannehill too. I just like I like Austin Hooper mainly because in the red zone, you know, if you if, if teams want to stack the box and try to stop a, a Derrick Henry run, it's a little bit easier to run a play action and just dump pass over to Hooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not an exciting offense though. It really no isn't. no 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 no. It's ground and pound. We're gonna fight dirty. Which is funny because last year, I mean, everybody was ranting and raving about how awesome this offense is going to be, right? You had Julio, you had AJ Brown, you had a healthy Derrick Henry, who who at the time had like a low, I guess, um, I wouldn't say no injuries, but had like barely anything going into the offseason. And it looked looked promising for the Titans. And now it's just completely 180. On the defensive side of the ball, though, still... Still a stalwart, though. Yeah. I mean, you still got Audrey. Yep. Jeffrey they'll have, Simmons. They'll have um, Caleb. Uh, why is his name escaping me? Caleb Farley. That's the one. They'll have Caleb Farley back healthy next year. Yeah. F- I mean, Farley with uh, Kristen Fulton. Yep. And then you still have Roger McCreary, who they drafted in the second round, who yep. I think was actually a, a steal for them. Steal. I was a little bit pissed off that they grabbed him. And Chris Jackson, like, those are solid corners. Then to throw in your nickel, you still have Elijah Molden. And and Kevin Kevin Bird might be one of the more underrated Under- yeah. safeties yeah. in the league. Yeah, yeah. So from a safety, like a, a secondary point of view, like Titans are going to be tough to play against. It's, it's still a rugged defense. And I think that's how they're going to win most of their games. It's just beating chip. up offensive teams, man. Chip, 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 chip away. Exactly. Harold Landry's still there. How uh, One person I want to kind of keep an eye on, though, is going to be Bud Dupree to see how he bounces back for the Titans. Fair. I think that's a... Well, I mean, there's a clearly a reason that he's off of the Steelers, right? So we're we're at that point with him now. I know, and coming off an injury too, like that that he that he had suffered, uh, sucks. But that's just the name of the game. All right, Zach, it's time to talk about the Colts. Let's go, baby. Nine and seven record last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, missing the playoffs by losing against the worst team in the league. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. My bad. Nine and eight. Whatever. I. I don't want to remember. It's okay because so you guys were 12th defensively in the league and you were 15th offensively. So you were still ahead of the Titans in both aspects of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite not having a first round pick, you guys were quite active in free agency. You traded Carson Wentz and in my opinion, got the upgrade in Matt Ryan. Funny Absolutely. story. Guess who else you brought in? Nick Foles. <laughs> hey, you guys. Added Stefan Gilmore, added Rodney, Rodney McLeod. You're pairing those two with Kenny Moore, which should be very, very, very good. Trade yeah. Rock is in. You bring in Yannick Ngakwe, who uh, should be a force to be dealt with next to Quiddy Pye and David on uh, Dave Dale. On, I'm going to mess up this name entirely. Uh, Ngaku? Uh, no, oh, wait, Ngaku. Dale. Oh, uh, oh, uh, That's the one. Thank you. <laughs> Just call him Hurricane Dale. That's what everybody's been calling him. Hur- Hurricane Dale? Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's much easier, but I'm going to actually pay him the respect of learning his name at some point. Uh, you drafted Alex Pierce, which yeah. I think that'll be a nice... Uh, I think yeah. that'll be a nice compliment to Pittman. 
and you add Philip Lindsay to the running back room of Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Yeah. So let's start with the, let's start with Matt Ryan first before okay. for this, you know, in-depth breakdown here. Yeah. I like this, this move. I think Matt Ryan's IQ in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage is going to pay dividends to the Colts. I think it's going to be a huge upgrade for them. Uh, unfortunately, while Carson does have the intangibles to be a starting quarterback, sometimes the IQ at the line of scrimmage just wasn't there and reading plays and, and reading defenses just wasn't his strength. Matt Ryan has that experience. He's more of a commander. No Good pun dis- intended. <laughs> you set that one up nice. A volleyball spike and all. You put that oh, one yeah, right up by the rim. Yeah, that's the off the backboard uh, alley pass <laughs> back to me for the dunk. No, I just he's he's a well respected leader. It feels like he's made an impact too. And I mean, look, I don't know if he'll throw twenty seven touchdowns or thirty or even more than that. But I will say that I could see a 24 touchdown, nine interception season coming his way. Like I, I think for him, it's more just control the ball. Don't, you know, limit the turnovers and above all, like manage the game, right? That this is what the Colts needed last year. It, there was a lot of games that they were, they were in that were closely regarded going into the fourth quarter or five minutes into the fourth, uh, five minutes left in the fourth quarter that they blew leads. Like you have the game against Baltimore. You have the game uh, against Oakland that they were in like Las Vegas. Oh, sorry. Yes. You're right. Raiders. <laughs> my bad. I'll never get used to it. It's I, I know. I know. It's I know, just I know, too I tough, know. but uh, yeah, it, it's going to be one of those things where you need to control the game, hanging on to the football. And I think, Matt Ryan has a higher probability of not turning the ball over. Zach, this is great because you just actually took away the question that I wanted to ask you, which was what was the upside of having Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz? So we take that one right out from later. (laughs) There you go. From a receiver standpoint, I think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to actually thrive. Yes. I, I think he had a huge season last year with Carson Wentz. So now with a more accurate quarterback, it should be a lot better. Another player that's going to thrive, just to couple that with you, Mo Ali Cox. Yes, absolutely. I think, I think this could be the season for him where he, as because we put respect on Mo Ali Cox's name. I think that this, especially now Jack Doyle's officially gone, mm-hmm. I think this could be the season Huge of loss. his ascension. Uh, yes, but I think this could be the the ascension of Mo Ali Cox for sure. And I mean, the tight end position, it it seems like the Colts have a, a type. I mean, all of them are above. Six six. So <laughs> you want if, the NBA player, you want the shooting guard position like locked down. Yeah, Jel- with Jelani Woods being added to the mix at six yeah. eight. I mean, that just that just solidified our our, uh, our tight end group. I mean, if the Pacers need some some centers <laughs> or some some power forwards, I, I think Swap the Colts can lend them. Yeah. Swap them out. Lend them a couple. No, I mean, offensively, Jonathan Taylor, I think this, the whole team's, the whole offense is going to run through him, right? Like he's, he's the, the guy to watch. I don't know if I expect a similar situation that he was in, in last year, year. Uh, maybe a little bit of a dip in numbers, but I, I still think he is a premium top five running back in the league. So 
I'm expecting him to run wild, just like Derrick Henry is going to be running wild in Tennessee. Uh, he should have some help too. The offensive line looks a little more stable. I won't say better, but I'll say stable with uh, Matt Pryor moving to the left tackle, Quentin Nelson at guard. Mm. You still have Kelly. Pinter is going to take the right guard position from Glowinski. So that's a bit of a downgrade, but yeah. still like it's a guy who's been with the organization and understands his role. So there's, there, it's a lot of familiarity on the offensive side, on the offensive line side, I should say. And Braden Smith as well. Yeah, it's not, these are all very key, notable mm-hmm. uh, additions. You saw consistency in Frank Reich. I think that this is, as we've highlighted before, this is a big year for Frank Reich, though. This has to be the year. It's his make or break. If he doesn't, if he, if they don't win the division or don't advance in the playoffs to a certain point, like, I don't see him sticking around. I think. Chris Ballard pulls the plug on him. While we're here, um, Colts, in my opinion, had the most complete roster of the AFC South. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe lacking a little depth at wide receiver, but that's okay. I, it's, yeah, that's no, but that's a it's a valid point that I think needs to be raised. I still I still see another wide receiver needs to come in here. Uh, at least if if it's bringing back Ty or if it's bringing in Julio, something's got to give here because. Paris Campbell just I when he's on the field is a dynamic player, but you just can't I can't trust his health. And then Zach, pa- Zach Pascal's gone. Right, exactly. And Alec Pierce is just we don't know. A, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like from an intangible point of view, it looks great, but who knows, right? Like it's it's a big jump, especially at wide receiver going from college to uh the NFL. Zach, what will it take for the Colts to lock up the AFC South? defense defense has to be better than it was last year unfortunately i i think that a lot of people had them as a top five defense and they took a step backwards and also just limiting the turnovers on the defensive side you know we need a bigger year from quitty pay um, yes having yannick Ngaku is definitely going to help him unfortunately though yannick Ngaku is useless in the run game so <laughs> fair enough so as long as you're dropping dropping into pass coverage and, Correct. i mean it'll be good because at least he could take away travis etienne because we know he's going to be used out of receiving back a lot more than anybody else so for sure you still have grover stewart and deforest buckner um deforest buckner needs a bigger year though he was good last year don't get me wrong but you just he needs to get back to that all pro level that he was at two years ago correct uh, me if i'm wrong did you guys change your defensive coordinator as well Yes, we did. And it's now... So, our def- Sorry? It's not Wink, is it? No, it's Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley, that's it. Yeah. And Bubba Ventrone's our special teams coordinator. There we go, there we go, there we go, there we go. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we lost our defensive coordinator to the Bears. He's now their head coach. Correct, that's right. Eberflus. Eberflus. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. Secondary still is a bit of a question mark. I mean, Roddy McLeod, not a bad pickup, but we no, lost. No, very, very, very decent name. But he was supposed to be a backup coming into the season. We had Kerry uh, Willis, but Willis decided that he wanted to switch professions in a complete 180 and become a, I don't know if it's a minister or he's definitely doing some some church want, thing he, want, he wanted to preach the word of god <laughs> pretty much yes we'll go with that um <laughs> so 
Definitely you know, a 180 look at, on his look at, look at what Carson Wentz did to you guys. <laughs> look what Frank White Drake's doing. It was, it was <laughs> uh, but hey, Stefan Gilmore's going to step in there and definitely help out. Absolutely. Okay. One thing to keep an eye on, Kenny Moore needs a contract. Oh, yeah. So let's see how that plays out. And Darius Leonard has been dealing with back injuries. It was highlighted last year during hard knocks. So I'm kind of curious to see where that's going. So, yeah, that's my Colts preview. Okay. So that was my, uh, that was actually my first question from my list of questions for you that we just got to sneak in there. Like nice, nice little transition. Yeah. Um, unbiasedly Derek Henry or Jonathan Taylor, who's more likely to bring their team back to the playoffs or to the playoffs, I should say. Ooh. Uh, I mean, I think Derek Henry's impact is a lot bigger than Jonathan Taylor's, but if I'm going to go from a team point of view, I'd say Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Is Lovey Smith a bandaid or is he the guy for the Texans for the foreseeable future? Great question. I don't know. I'm going to say for the foreseeable future. Okay. What do you have for those two? Just curious. Uh, I think Lovey Smith is a bandaid fit. I don't know if there's a, in an offensive league, not to knock uh, Lovey Smith's defensive effort. I just don't know if they have enough leadership from an offensive side. And I think that'll inevitably do him in. Mm. Okay. I also think for the second question, I think Derek Henry is the more likely one to lead, but mm-hmm. I think they're, he's going to have the heavier workload. Exactly. That's my, we're, we're, I think we're both on the same. Uh, I, I, I uh, think, Jonathan Taylor gets to relax, but you get the aspect of, hey, I can do this. (laughs) One thing I want to point out for fantasy players, um, Naeem Hines, definitely take a look at him in the the draft this year. Especially if you you can get him in the later rounds for fantasy in a redraft league. Um, I see less carries, or sorry, I shouldn't say less carries, but less targets especially on the passing side for Taylor. Yeah. There was a lot of times where Carson had nothing, just tosses it over to, yeah. to Thomas. Um, sorry, to Taylor, excuse me. But from an offensive side of the ball, there was a lot of times where he missed Naeem Himes out of the backfield. So I'm expecting a lot more accurate passing from Matt Ryan on that end. All right. So... I think most of my questions we actually handled throughout, <laughs> throughout just regular conversation. Uh, what what are your thoughts? I actually just want to give on, what, are, the, what are your thoughts on this whole division? Uh, I think the Jags and Texans will continue to struggle as they have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very curious to see how the Frank Reich, Doug Peterson grudge match plays out twice a year. Mm-hmm. I like last year, and I know I was wrong last year, I have the Colts winning this division. So last year, I had the Titans, right? Yeah. But this year, I'm going to go with the Colts to win the division. I think you have made bigger impacts at areas of need on offense and defense. Mm -hmm. You don't just have household names. You have recognizable names that have been there and done the thing before. Yeah. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, Darius Leonard, and Quiddy Pay is going to be... Buckner. Yep. And, and Buckner. And I keep forgetting DeForest Buckner in this conversation. I, I really think that that's something a lot of teams aren't going to be prepared to be ha- to deal with. Mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting that the year that you play the Eagles, that you 
bring in Rodney McLeod but, <laughs> and, and, Nick, and Nick Foles, but yeah. hey, that's neither here nor there. Just to touch on the Nick Foles uh, signing, I mean, I thought it was a great move just because in case something were to happen with Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. to have to hand the keys to the city over to Sam Ellinger – at this at this stage of his career is just it's too much of a tall task and uh, it's a guy who's not even fully i don't think he fully grasped the playbook last year so i give him another year to sit and learn and, and then maybe maybe in year three he could kind of maybe make a name for himself after that well you have that aspect and you also have the aspect of this i think if god forbid something should happen to matt ryan you don't have to change up your playbook that much to go to no. Nick Foles. They're no. not to say that they're the same quarterback because Matt Ryan might be yeah. the more efficient quarterback of the two, but you basically can run the same scream and structure and not be like, okay, everybody's out of whack now. And for you sure have to worry about that. So I think that on a depth perception that that helps you guys out. Now the Titans. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to make, make of this wide receiving core. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, outside of what we know, Derrick Henry will do Derrick Henry things, if healthy. But then you might have to go from Ryan Tannehill to Malik Willis. Right. And I don't know that everybody can transition like that as smoothly. Like, Because not everybody's in the position that the Colts are in where you're like, oh, we almost yeah. have like... I don't know how that looks. Uh, I do think that they need a more explosive playbook. Yeah. And I just think Malik Willis is raw. Like, honestly, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would be very hesitant to slide him in there and to play him without him grasping the whole playbook. Right. Right. And I mean, yeah, he, he was impressive in college, but he also didn't play a lot of games. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of games that were missed. So, okay, it's a tough one. So, Zach, give me the team rankings. Oh, I got Colts one, Titans two. I'm going to say Jaguars three and Texans fourth. I'm almost with you, but I think I'm switching around the Jaguars and the Texans. Only I'm- reason why I'm going to go Jaguars over Texans is I think Trevor Lawrence takes a bit of a step forward, so that should help them out. Actually, no. I uh, no. You know what? I recant. You're you're right. I think that they have a better offensive plethora of things yeah. than, than the Texans. I mean, it's funny. We we talked about the Jaguars, but we we barely mentioned. You know, they still have James Robinson. <laughs> I know, and but him. Well, yeah, him too. Didn't he tear his ACL last year as well? I'm not a hundred percent sure. If it did, it was towards the end of the season. I I. I think so i could be wrong just to be sure let me fact check this really quickly yeah he tore his achilles achilles yeah in december yeah so i mean that's a tough injury to come back from as well so that's probably why we didn't as we have to talk about the fact that well i mean travis Etche looks like he's ready to roll Mm -hmm. i saw some videos of him training with zeke and Mm -hmm. You know, looks spry, uh, explosive, kind of uh, – he looks like he's going to give a lot of people a headache. I'm not going to lie. Definitely. All right. So, we're having some fun now? We're having some fun now. 
All right, let's do the quarterback. Fast food restaurants as quarterbacks. Let's go. This is oh man, we've been waiting for this one for a while. Zach, you want to start us off or should I go? You started off. Let's go. Okay. Listen, so I'm gonna go probably the biggest staple across the world. We're gonna talk a little McDonald's here. All right. We're talk about those golden arches, old reliable, doesn't matter the time, always come through. Okay. Um, and it pains me to say that and associate this person with him, but I can't dispute the greatness of what he is. But I, if I'm comparing anybody ah. quarterback to McDonald's, it's got to be Tom Brady. Oh, nice. And Shaddy's doing a victory dance like, <laughs> like, like he's still a Patriot. But <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong. Apparently, seven times out of eleven, he performs. <laughs> uh, what, what am I? What am I supposed to say? I, yeah, he's the golden arches. Let's the be golden honest. arches. You got to give it to him, man. He's, for that many oh. rings, I can't. Nice. I can't do it. I can't give it to anybody else. All right. Okay. So for mine, listen. Do you know what the do you know which franchise has the most locations Ooh. in the world? It's not McDonald's. Okay. It's actually Subway. Oh, all right. Uh, so Subway, quick, reliable, and it's, like I said, it's basically everywhere. It doesn't matter where you turn. It, he's, he's there, or it's there. And that's why I'm going with Patrick Mahomes as my Subway. Okay. Because no matter where you look, Patty Mahomes is there. He's lurking around. He's he's the talk of the town he's the talk of the nfl right he's what has one of the or the biggest contract in, in nfl history right now and yep. he's reliable um he, sometimes sometimes he doesn't deliver sometimes he doesn't <laughs> deliver. <laughs> but at the end of the day i mean uh yeah <laughs> the hype's real and and like I said, he just he just delivers. So I gotta go, with Patty Mahomes, on this one. I like that one a lot. The fa- and you know what, six twelves doesn't matter. <laughs> Swinging those <laughs> things out there, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh man, that is great. So I'm I'm gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to Vegas with this one. We're gonna talk a little Derek Carr and. You know, we're going to talk about a West Coast Marvel lauded across the country, but never quite lives up to the hype. Okay. And that's why Derek Carr is in an outburst. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah, he's there and now he's in a tough division. Nice. Now we don't know what we're going to expect. <laughs> yes, he's got a lot of bright spots, but hey, is he really that good? We just don't know yet. As someone who's had In and Out Burger, <laughs> I can clearly tell you that it's overrated. So <laughs> that's a good one. I like it. Um, funny you said In and Out Burger because I'm going against one of In and Out Burger's biggest rivals. Okay. I'm going with Shake Shack. Okay. And if I'm taking. A Shake Shack, like, for one, a Shake Shack, you're getting you're getting the big, 
the big milkshake, the big burger, yeah, the yeah. big fries. So I got to go with the big man in the East Coast. I got to go Josh Allen. Okay. I like that. Uh, I like that. I, listen, start and get recognition. Um, always just, he's just there, right? But at the same time, too, always delivers. So I, I got to go, jo- I got to go with Josh Allen on this one. So he's, he's my, uh, He's my Shake Shack, baby. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I got I got something funny for you to go with this. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> Zach, who's a mediocre quarterback that, you know, more like a check down Charlie? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Mac Jones here. Oh, no. <laughs> and... I'm gonna compare Mac Jones. Hold on, I had it right here. Oh, Mac Jones is Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> pushed out. Per- Yo, this is perfect for the Boston market. Too. I mean, I mean, he might get pushed out at some point by Fancy Donuts. Doesn't have gourmet coffee or donuts. <laughs> but if you need ten yards, he'll definitely at least get you six, maybe seven. <laughs> oh, America runs on Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Um, so for this player, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers on this one. Okay. And my fast food restaurant that I want to compare him to, it's, it's probably one that you see a lot of marketing behind. Okay. People are very polarized by this. Okay. But in my view, at the end of the day, what it matters most, they just don't deliver. And I got to go Burger King on this one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, like, do we have the same one for Burger King? Because that would be really funny. Well, I, I have Aaron Rodgers for Burger King. Okay, I have somebody else for Burger King. Because as far as I'm concerned, like, yeah, he's he's a whopper. And like, yeah, he's great. And like, there's there's something about him that has that like nationwide appeal. But he's very polarizing, and either you hate Burger King or you love Burger King. So I, I gotta go with him. That's so, a thank you. So yeah. just because we're here, my Burger King was Kirk Cousins. Oh, okay. never really the exciting choice, but in the right setting, it can really like hit the spot. <laughs> so I, funny you said Kirk Cousins. I had him as Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I haven't had Wendy's because, like, every now and then, you know, you want a frosty, but nobody really wants to eat there. So that's my Kirk Cousins point of view. <laughs> all right, all right, I got, I got us here, I got us here, I got us here. I got, my, I got my actual next one. All right, you know, everybody loves a good slice of pizza. Ooh, good one. And and if we're gonna go to pizza staples, we're gonna talk about Pizza Hut here. Mm-hmm. And for Pizza Hut. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Right. Because his niece filled with stuffed crust. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> very, very, a very versatile spot can be successful in a number of ways <laughs> in a buffet situation, surrounded by talent, <laughs> but it's pretty tough to beat. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Dude, at least does he have the ice cream bar? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so he's a new pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the Mike McCarthy effect. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, man. Okay, so this one, you know, for this one here, I'm going with Popeyes. Okay. Uh, I'm going, always delivers, freaking got that spicy chicken, but 
not everybody can get to them and not everybody not everybody wants how can i say this he's got that wow factor but just people just kind of uh don't have access to him and i gotta go with lamar jackson on this one okay okay i i like that that's a great comparison actually yeah so lamar's my guy for for popeye chicken you know, you know what we haven't had we haven't had in a while that was around Vaudreuil at one point was really really big. Um, five guys. Oh, okay. And for five guys, it's got to be Tua. <laughs> okay, elaborate. some people some people say it's a system restaurant. How it would adapt? <laughs> <laughs> I seem to like it more than most people, and I'm totally okay with it. But that's. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it's overpriced, but hey, it just fits the it just it feels just fits right. the mold. <laughs> yeah, it just feels. Oh man, that's a good one. <laughs> you know what we haven't talked about yet? Actually, no, I'm gonna let you go first before I say. All that. right, well, I'm gonna continue my chicken theme here. I like this. Good. So this guy's greasy, awful, and, <laughs> and but you know what the worst part is. Like once, like once in a while, like you're just like, especially in fantasy, you're like, mm, maybe I'm just gonna take him, you know, because it, it, it's like he's he's tempting, and that's Carson once. Oh <laughs> so my god, I got Carson with with Kentucky Fried Chicken here. <laughs> <laughs> the commander, See, that, that's that's a little high. <laughs> the that... commander has now entered the fray. <laughs> um, that's a little high. I think I wanted to run off. I was hoping for a better quarterback than that. And oh, for, oh, really? Oh, yeah, no. because I feel like if – okay, so this is going to piggyback off of your Aaron Rodgers from before. Okay. Um, you know, so I'm going to give you a twofer okay. right now. So Chick-fil-A would be Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay. All-time great. Everyone agrees with the quality. The objections are for – other reasons yeah and probably a little overrated sorry aaron respectfully you are still <laughs> the greatest talent i've seen throw a football <laughs> and then there's kfc <laughs> okay and <laughs> oh god <laughs> for kfc that's where you could probably throw carson wentz because <laughs> there was debatably the elite moment you may have forgotten about he can deliver, but unless you have Chick-fil-A as a better option. <laughs> like I said to you, man, Carson wants his KFC, the Colonel and the Commander. <laughs> it's, it goes hand in hand. Um, um, we've said Wendy's. Well, you said Wendy's. Yeah, I got another one too. Please. Okay. So, I mean, like this quarterback here, he's just, he's, Nobody wants him. This that's basically it. And even his own fans just <laughs> they just they don't want anything to do with him. And that's Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta I gotta parallel him with Taco Bell. Oh wow. <laughs> As in like yeah, he's not really authentic, but like we'll just go with the flow and hope that he could just get us by and 
and that's my Taco Bell take there because at the end of the day, it's 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 not real Mexican food. It's, it's still fast food, and while it's not appealing, it may just hit the spot every now and then. So I got Marcus Mariota here. Fair enough. I can't be mad at that one. I'm running through the quarterbacks here, and um, I'm going to go to Carolina. All right. And we're going to talk about their newly acquired quarterback. Actually, no, we're going to talk about their old quarterback. Go Sam Sam? Okay. We're going to go with Sam Darnold. Because <laughs> I have one for Baker. And I feel like Sam Darnold is Quiznos. Oh, okay. Go for it. You know, you can go there one time and it was pretty good. Despite constant disappointment, you kept going back and you were like, I must have just been really hungry that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the perfect description of Sam Darnold. And Baker Mayfield, Mayfield's uh, Carl's Jr. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> just the forgotten quarterback that nobody really wants, but he's just there. <laughs> cool. Um, oh. I, Anyone okay. else? Any, any other ones? I could go with. Who's your DQ? Who's your Dairy Queen? Oh, I think because of everything that surrounds him and the toppings and things that come with him, I might have to put Jalen Hurts there. Yeah, I think that quick, reliable. Uh, quick, I adjust, easy. To, to be honest, I had Justin Herbert. That's a good one too, actually. And I like that one. Actually, I like that one a little bit more. Yeah. I yeah, I like that one a little bit more for for DQ. Actually, I, he's I tasty. You can't get enough of him. You 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 want, but you're you want a little bit more. Yeah. Every time yeah, you have, yeah, 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 yeah. you have it, you just want a little bit more, and that's that's my DQ. And I think um, I think Krispy Kreme has to be Justin Fields. <laughs> <laughs> Um, fell out of favor. Hasn't really been the part of your life that you expect for that yeah. six pack you bought from the neighborhood kid raising money, oh, but man. they were pretty good. <laughs> uh, anything? Who else? Oh, uh, Davis Mills is Chipotle. He just kind of showed up. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of this, you know, it's really great. We haven't touched um, the two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl yet. No. And these are two really tough ones to like pinpoint pinpoint. Yeah. I don't know where I put Stafford yet. Well, smoking Joe is, is definitely like a steakhouse. Like he's like an outback or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Just cool. Good environment. Good scenery. Just can get to the big show. (laughs) I would say that Matthew Stafford's a and W he was in a really bad spot, but in the last couple of years, he's just it's just been hitting off. So like, so so he's really good, but he's overshadowed by the most popular restaurant in the division. Correct, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> most of his most of his um, supporters are hardcore Midwest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, God, if there's anything, yeah, I don't well, know. I can't. I think I think we, I think we got it. I think that's about good with that. Um, we did. I mean, if the only one I would have had, if we we're gonna go with old quarterbacks, I'd say <laughs> Tony Romo is Papa John's. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so I'm not gonna lie. I had gone on Google and I before we had gone yeah. to this discussion, and they had Jameis Winston as Carl's Jr. And, oh, and, and they described too. him as undeniably delicious with a problematic relationship with women. <laughs> Part of the menu are life changing, and while others might actually kill you. <laughs> Oh wait, we have a we have a we have an input. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no longer a quarterback in the NFL now, you know. Okay. But uh, Johnny Manziel. Yes. I would do. It's not so much the fast food, but like I would do a Chinese buffet where everything looks good. He's Shanoise. Oh. He's Shanoise. <laughs> he's 
really good and then you start eating it and you end up incredibly violently sick after because everything's contaminated i feel like that's baker mayfield (laughs) (laughs) i mean no johnny manzella is a pretty good uh, that's a great one yeah that's a great one (laughs) that's actually a really really good one i like that like you you think you're going in good right and then you just get equal (laughs) life that's exactly what happened to the browns (laughs) hold on hold on Ben Roethlisberger's, uh, I mean, this is only the Quebec people would get here, but, or listeners, but Ben Roethlisberger's Bell Pro. <laughs> Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> greasy, undeniable, but still consistent. <laughs> Always open. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, is there anything else that I think might... we're good? Yeah, I think we got it. I've been uh, looking for a Deshaun Watson one, but I just can't put my. I can't think of a fast food restaurant where it may be unsafe for women, so I can't. (laughs) I can't. I think think you got it. Very, very attractive. You know what you're going into, but what you actually get is not the desired result, maybe. Oh, that'd be like a hard rock cafe. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. go. All right. I think think this wraps up another... Uh, this week's episode of the two point call Jay. before before we do that let's let's highlight it now who are we going into next week are we doing an nfc south let's stay with the afc let's go with the afc east okay afc east oh we can we can get some friends on for this one actually yeah we could yeah we could do that we might have a deluga whale appearance we might talk to our boy foe um aka big lou mm-hmm. That'll be great because we have a Dolphins fan and a Patriots fan fighting each other on live. <laughs> hey, we might have to record two separate <laughs> interviews with No, Dolphins. they're going to be in the room. <laughs> I want Because yes. the, the, the thing about Lou is this. Lou is the most pessimistic Dolphins fan I've ever seen. Mm. So even with all the moves right now, he's like, we're still not making the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He, there is a chance, right? There's always a chance. But yeah, yeah. Well, as for Doug, Doug is just going to shit on the entire division, <laughs> pretty much, and say how great of a pick Strange was. And we're going to change the wide receiver uh, movies thing. I'll text you about what that will be. Cool. Uh, but for next week, I think we should try to shoot tight ends and beer. Like it. All right. Well, and hopefully, maybe next week we're going to have an NBA trade. So we'll see what happens there. Da, da, da. <laughs> All right. This is this is the two point culture and we are out. Deuces. <laughs>